Blog Talk Radio. Granny Hawkster and Big Swing. Oh yeah, it is Wednesday. Oh, excuse me, it is Monday again. I don't know where I'm getting. I'm looking at something on my computer that says Wednesday. That's why. Oh my goodness, it is Monday again, ladies and gentlemen, and uh, the longest running, at least that I've seen, uh, internet wrestling podcast is back on the air again. Big Swig here with you, and I've actually, I've actually brought my portable equipment, guys. I'm actually coming to you live uh, from Massachusetts here today, uh, instead of really? from New York. Yeah, yeah, I'm in the great state of Massachusetts. Um, You're not Boston, are you? No, 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 no. I'm actually off the Cape um, right now. I'm just a little, little mini vacation, you know. Um, but everything closes down around here kind of early, so I knew that. So I, I brought my stuff with me, so I could still be dedicated to do the show and uh we're we're supposed to have a pretty good one here tonight uh icon you've got you know another big three guest show booked for us um and you know you've been a little little, little teasing us a little bit all week about who was supposed to be on but uh for those of you who did tune in we do appreciate that by the way um go on and uh let us know who can we expect to uh to hear from here this evening well, we have the great-selling author, Vicki Albertson. Uh, that should be fun. I can't wait to have her talk about her book called Don't Jump. Uh, at all at all costs, do not jump. She's going to talk about her two uh, shows that she has, Shooting the, with Vicki and The Game Changer with Vicki. So uh, we're, we're going to talk to her about that. We're going to have Fight Cobra Kai. Uh, probably one of the coolest masked wrestlers in the independent scene today. Uh, this guy, he has a flying shoulder block that knocks out his opponent. So we're going to ask him about that. And also to close it out tonight, we have Big Red herself, the IFBB athlete, Big Red. Uh, I mean, she's big everything. She's got muscles upon muscles. 
and uh, when she flexes, you can actually hear it. So she's going to talk to us about that as well. So uh, as you know, we have a wide variety of people on with us. We are several wrestling show. That is obvious. But we also have a wide range of other people uh, and other guests from all walks of life to entertain us and entertain our fans because that's what we're all about. So there you go. And she'll be joining us in about uh, 10 minutes. So make sure that we watch the board for when she calls in. Our first guest. All righty. Sounds good. Sounds like a plan. Granny, how have you been? Oh, I've been uh, house-sitting and dog-sitting for some friends of mine since last Thursday. They went on a little vacation, and I'm staying there, staying here at their house, taking care of their little dog, Guinevere. Guinevere, huh? Mm-hmm. And we all know how much. You know, we, well, we all know how much Granny loves dogs too. Of course. Right, and uh, I know that my little uh, my little puppy dog loves Homer, and. Uh, when you come out to uh, the wedding next September, you'll get to meet him. We'll maybe even have you have him stay with you. Well, we well that would be somewhere. all right. That would be all right. Yeah, he's yeah. a uh, yeah. Homer's Homer's uh, Homer's an interesting character also. So, well, he, he is an internet he is an internet sensation. We know that, especially on Instagram. He is now, huh? And you know, I was thinking I we could even call him the official dog of Attitude Era Live. I mean, because. he could be. He, he he could definitely become one of the mascots for sure. Right. And then, of course, if we if we tell him that, then we'll probably have to pay him a a uh, a character fee and a referral fee and all that stuff. So, you know. Yeah, uh, most likely. But, the, the good news is, though, Homer does, uh, he does work for dog food, so, you know. Nice. Do you feed him any people food at all, or no? No. Well, uh, if he's sneaky, he'll grab it without our say, but other than that, I, we try and limit that. Nice, nice, nice. So, and it's finally finally had some good weather up there? It hasn't been raining or nothing? Like, how, how are your guys' holidays? Well, it's been like 90 degrees here for like eight days in a row or something like that, so. No, I saw you it's were been in the, the upper nine, the It's been in the upper 90s with heat index over 105, like three or four days last week. Icon, I, uh, I saw a, um... I saw a uh, you at a baseball game the other day. Yeah, the uh, Red Hawks have started their season, and uh, it's uh, you know it's good to have baseball back, even though it's not really the same. You know, uh, they have seating; every other row is blocked off. So hmm. you know, um, a sellout well, is usually five thousand people. I- Icon, you're lucky you got to have baseball. They canceled our Northwest Arkansas Naturals season altogether for the minor league baseball here in Arkansas where I live. We didn't even get to have baseball games this year. Hmm. 
Well, hey, I'm now, not who are, sure. now are they I'm are they an affiliate, Granny, for somebody? They are a Double A affiliated to club to the Kansas City Royals. So the oh, year so okay, 2015, so when the Kansas City Royals won the World Series, a lot of those Royals that won the World Series that year at one point in time played for the Northwest Arkansas Naturals. Mm, so, so not only is the minor league, not only do you have minor league baseball near you, but your minor league baseball team is affiliated with your favorite major league team. That's pretty cool. Exactly. That's pretty exactly. cool, actually. Huh. This, That's funny that, how that this works. ballpark has been here. This ballpark has been here. I think this would have been their 12th season if they would have got to have it. <laughs> oh, boy. It's no fun. And there's not a bad seat in that ballpark. I mean, that but, is well, yeah, one most, of the most minor ballparks league. that I've ever seen. Well, well, yeah. Now, most minor league ballparks actually uh, actually are pretty good when it comes to visibility. You know, when watching the game. But um, how, now, how is that team though? Are they are they any decent? Oh yeah, I mean they've won playoff seasons. I mean they've won championships many many years that they've gotten to play. So I mean, and like so I said, icon I your team play. Now, Icon, your team you were watching is an independent, right? Yeah, uh, but if you had to compare it, I guess you would, you could call it double uh, A, maybe, if you had to compare it. Hmm. Okay. Now, does anybody else see Heath Slater come out, cut an emotional promo tonight that got everybody kind of behind him and like, oh, wow, damn, you know, that's crazy, yada, 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 and then... Just job out in ten seconds to uh, Drew McIntyre. I mean, I don't know what the whole purpose of bringing Heath Slater out was. Well, to get that cheap heat, I suppose. I don't know. But uh, you know, uh, you know, he he Slater. I you know, I I I guess I really don't like the guy that much, but. I will say this, though, uh, for those of you who are listening that have been listening to the show for a long time, I don't dislike him as much as I do Kevin Owens. You know, I, I'd be willing to uh, give Heath Slater a reprieve eventually, but uh, Kevin Owens never will get that. Oh, wow. Well, you know, I don't know, Icon. I think we live in a world where you can – you can learn to to forgive people for their indiscretion. I think eventually you'll you'll come around and you'll you'll forgive um, you, you'll forgive Kevin Owens for. I, I honestly, I'm not even sure what he would need forgiveness from. I'm not even sure why you don't like him. You just don't. Like him. But, well, uh, I remember the. Uh, well, you know, we we talked about a long time ago the the promo that he cut, and of course, you know, it's his job to get people to dislike him, but. Uh, uh-huh. Even if uh, even if we're to become a good guy, I still don't think that I would um, um, I would like to be guy. a fan of him. Um, no, it's it, you know I don't know. Uh, but you know the interesting thing is, I guess I cannot remember what the promo was, but um, I just remember he uh, he um, yelled at somebody about like, uh, no, I'm not giving out autographs right now, or. Do you work for the building? What are you doing here? That that kind of stuff, you know. Mm. Okay. 
So anyways, yeah, I am, um, <laughs> I'm just reading something funny on here. That's like, wow. Um, so yeah, guys, the, the direction of, of WWE here, uh, I mean, I know we've, we've talked about it several times, uh, throughout the past couple of weeks, but, um, I mean, do you think that there is a potential chance that, you know, NXT and AEW become the future and WWE is kind of on their way out? Or do you think WWE is one of those products that's, it's going to be like that old dog that doesn't die and it's just going to keep churning out products, keep taking all the top stars and and, and keep putting something out? Uh, or, or do you think eventually Vince McMahon will say, yo, no mas, you know, it's new generation time? Well, I, I, you know, I hope that, uh, I hope that, um, AEW becomes the next WCW and does what they do to make the WWE make their product better. Like WCW Mm -hmm. did back in the past. You know, I don't think they're going to go, uh, they're going to go off the hook like they did in the attitude Era live. Uh, no, I'm sorry. In the attitude era, but, uh, I hope they uh, they get enough competition that they'll have to do something. You know, but here's the question, Wait. though. If AEW becomes that, how many others might be coming to challenge them? Well, the difference with AEW becoming WCW, we do have a call on the line here. It's um, the 111-111 number, like the calling from the Internet, from Skype. So we'll, we'll, we'll get yeah, to that in one second. I do believe that would be our guest, yes. All right, we'll get to that in one second. I, I was going to say the difference between AEW and WCW is AEW doesn't have a roster of four or five stars. Like, you look at WCW at that time, and they had, what, 10, 12 of the biggest names in wrestling on that roster. And until Stone Cold became something, until The Rock became something, uh, you know, basically became something out of nothing, uh, WWE had maybe The Undertaker, that was it. And then, then, then they brought Kane in, they brought in guys. But, but WCW had all of the firepower in terms of talent. AEW doesn't have that right now. Right now, WWE has the big names. The problem, you know, their problem is in creative. So that, that's they're what we're going to have to look at in a little bit here. So exactly, they're not they're not using the big names properly, but they're paying them a lots of money. So you know, they're not going anywhere. All right, Icon, I'm going to um, bring them on, and you do your thing. Ladies and gentlemen, stepping out of the green room and walking down the aisle, about to step through the ropes right now, I give you the game changers herself, and we're (laughs) going to shoot the stuff with the author right now. Ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, I give you Vicki Albertson. (laughs) <laughs> Thank you. This is Vicki Abelson, and you're listening to Attitude Era Live with your hosts, the Icon, the Big Swing, and Granny Hulkster. And what the hell am I doing here on this wrestling show with you guys? Well, I'll tell you what. We're going to have some fun with you. We got about uh, 30 minutes here with you, and uh, we're gonna we're gonna talk to you about uh, some of the the projects that you're doing, uh, especially uh, uh, your book. Don't jump. Uh, we're going to talk to you about that. But first off, uh, what we do is uh, we have uh, our guests give us a little background about themselves, and then we ask them some questions, and then we have some fun. So if you want to give us a little background about yourself, we'd love to talk to you. 
Okay. All right. This is on the fly. Let's see. I um, I started out as an actress, and then I was a comedian, and then I was a rock and roll promoter, and then I became a mom. And while I was uh, being a mom, I wrote a book. And Carl Reiner, who just left us last week, uh, published my book, and it's called Don't Jump. Uh, is this show uncensored or censored? Um, well, uh, we we do have a seven-second delay, so you can say what you want. It's an open forum, so that's why the okay, well, my book is yeah, called Jump. Plus, it's after 10 p.m. It's rock and roll in my fucking mouth. It's after 10 p.m., so it's fine. And, um... And anyway, so I wrote a book, and then I started a celebrity literary literary salon in my living room, and I've had um, a monkey and a turtle and the cow stills and earth, wind, and fire and all kinds of crazy people in my living room. And then I started um, hosting a talk show, um, and that's Game Changers, and I interview celebrities about their journey. And um, now you know, like, pretty much everything about me. Well, that's pretty awesome. You know... We kind of do the same thing on this show. We have wrestlers and we have celebrities and we have cool best-selling authors like yourself. And <laughs> and as you know, the icon made you a cool collector's card for you, and it only took about uh, 50 different designs for you to finally approve one. <laughs> sorry about that. I, I'm such a pain. I'm such a pain in the ass. I'm sorry about that. But we, but we got it done. But anyway, so – I'm kind of curious. I'm going to ask you a few questions. I want to kind of go around the room, and then I'm going to come back and ask you the tough questions. But uh, the book, Don't Jump, I'm just kind of curious. Uh, you know, sex, drugs, rock and roll, and the, the rest of it. Right. <laughs> yeah. The rest of it. Uh, first off, how did you come up with the title? I'm curious. Well, you know, it's very interesting that you ask that. The original title for my book was Why is Julia Roberts Living My Life? And I started writing my book in 2001, and that's a long time ago. And by the time it was getting published, Julia Roberts was kind of in a not in a she's resurged she's resurged quite a bit lately but she was kind of in a in a quiet period when my book was being published so the working title i never wrote that title on the top of my manuscripts because i didn't want anybody to take it and so my working title was don't jump and so where that comes from um is don't jump when a window clo- when a door closes a window opens don't jump that was the original um Somebody had said that to me many years ago. When a door closes, a window opens. Don't jump. And I thought that was really brilliant. And um, so that was kind of the pre- that's kind of the premise of the book is, you know, life will throw a lot of things at you, and don't don't leave before the miracle happens. Is a twelve step expression. It's like a lot of stuff's going to happen, but it's going to. Th- there's another opportunity on the other side. And, you know, that's really cool. When you mentioned about why is Julia Roberts living your life, I thought maybe you were going to say that you or her body double in Pretty Woman or something. No, but I'll tell you, Gary Marshall, who wrote Pretty Woman and uh, who directed Pretty Woman, was in my living room. He read here. And um, I know a lot of people involved in, around Julia Roberts. Her brother, Eric, is a friend of mine and has done my show. And um, I really wanted 
Sandra Bullock to actually play me being that character because, you know, I don't know if you're probably too young to know, but Sandra Bullock was kind of the poor, the poor man's Julia Roberts. You know, she got the parts Julia didn't, you know, take. And so I thought that would have been really funny. But, no, I wasn't her body double. I actually did get within, like, an inch of her, and I had the book in my hand, and I was trying to give it to her about six months ago, eight months ago, and she looked at me like I was insane. <laughs> so I didn't get to give it to her. But her brother and uh, his wife have read it and have had me on their show, and we've talked about it. So you never know. Well, you know, maybe eventually, uh, you know, Eric Roberts is one of my heroes. You know, uh, I love this mm. cameo in the uh, in uh, the Cable Guy. That was one of my. Uh, ah. I, of course, he's had bigger roles, but that was one of my favorite roles. And he has this cameo role in uh, the Cable wow. Guy. Wow, I didn't even remember that he was in that movie. Yeah, he played. Uh, remember the uh, the twins in the movie? Uh, he played. Uh, the, the fake movie in the movie about the, the twins, the Stanton Sweet Brothers. Uh, wow. And, yeah. So uh, that's, you know, and of course, Eric Roberts, he had a lot of great, uh, uh, other one of my favorite made-for-TV movies as well uh, when he was in The um, uh, the Bitter Harvest. Uh, he was one of the main characters uh, that killed the Clutter family in that t- made-for-TV movie. Wow. Well, he plays a bad guy like nobody's business. Nobody plays a bad guy like Eric, Eric Roberts. Well, unless you're me. But anyway, I'm going to introduce you to Granny Hulkster. Uh She does love to read literature, and uh, hopefully maybe you can send us a couple copies of the book so I can pass it to uh, our co-host. But, uh, Granny, what do you have for sure. our guest, uh, Vicki? We have uh, about uh, 24 minutes. Go ahead. Well, well, hello. Um, I guess one of my questions is, what has been your most favorite uh, occupation you've done? I mean, you've done so many different wonderful things. I mean, what's been your most favorite thing to do out of everything that you've done? Well, Granny Hulkster, that's an interesting question because I think, you know, if you ask a songwriter what's the favorite song what's their favorite song that they've ever written usually they're going to tell you the most recent one that they've written so Mm -hmm. if I look back over my life I mean I loved I've loved everything that I've done and I think that everything that I've done has led to what I'm doing right now this this thing that I do I do two things now one I I had to stop because of the pandemic but women who write is the liter the live literary salon that I have in my home where I've had all those famous musicians and actors and writers perform and 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 it's a show and I'm the MC of that show and I usually read a little bit of my book or a column that I've recently written and so that and then hosting Game Changers where I get to really dig in. I do long-form interviews. They're usually between an hour and two hours plus, and where I re- we really get to know the person, not like a TV interview where they're just promoting their latest project. And so when I was a little kid, what I wanted to do was I wanted to be Johnny Carson. That to me was – and my uh. father was – was a master of ceremonies in the Catskill Mountains. And I just love that. I love digging in with people and really getting to know them. And I'm very inquisitive. But I also love writing, and I still do that. And so I can't pick one thing. That's kind of my problem is because I kind of am spread a little thin. But I, I love hosting, and I love writing, 
and I love reading my writing. So it's kind of all, and I get to do all those things with what I'm doing now. That's awesome. That's awesome. Thank uh, you. We have uh, Vicky as our guest here. We got 22 minutes here. Uh, I'm going to introduce you to Big Swing now. He is a uh, we call him Big Swing because he's big in everything, and uh, reading is one of his passions as well. And uh, if we could put your book in front of him, I'm sure he'd read it to cover to cover, and he wouldn't put it down until nice. it's over. But uh, Big Swing, what do you got for our guest? We have uh, we have the lovely and talented Vicky here. We got about 21 minutes. I kind you forgot to add that I prefer books with pictures. It's easier for me. Um, but <laughs> well, I have a couple pictures. I have a cover, and I ha- I have a couple pictures. <laughs> a couple. All right. Well, I, I'll 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 get by, I guess. But um, so <laughs> my thing is, uh, you're you know obviously with singer songwriters, um, they tend to get put into a certain category based on what they write in terms of where the charts list them at and things like that. But you on a personal level, uh, what is your favorite type of music? Like, like, what are you jamming out to in the car, let's say, or in the shower or wherever you may be singing along? You know, that's a, (laughs) I love everything that's good, but I am, my moniker when I was a promoter in New York back in the day, my name was Rock Girl. And I have promoted okay. rock music since the 80s. And if I had to pick one genre, it's rock and roll. I hear you. Okay. Now, 80s. Okay, so were you more of a a, a mellow southern classic rock? No. You know, classic rock country 80s? Or were you an ACDC rock or mosh pit 80s? You know, I love ACDC. But if I had to talk about the bands that really, you know, I'm like – the Police and the Stones and the Cars okay. and um, a little bit of that more there. Okay, yeah. okay, nice. And um, what uh, what were some of the? I, I mean, were some of those bands that you mentioned right there? Were some of them your? I guess your uh, inspirations towards getting into the getting into singing songwriting. Were some of them? I'm not a singer-songwriter. I'm a I'm a book writer. I wrote a novel. I wrote a fictionalized memoir, and I write I write columns for the Huffing, you know places like the Huffington Post and the Fix and stuff. I, I'm not a singer-songwriter. I, I'm an actor, you... a, a comedian. I've been a comedian, and I'm a writer, and I'm a talk show host. I see that. I was actually looking at a different thing on my browser. I've had a long day. Um, what? <laughs> So then, so the last thing you with... want to do is hear me sing. Oh, really? <laughs> Pretty much. We'll put you on the spot. Um, uh-huh. No, so uh, and you mentioned uh, Catskill Mountains and um, and your influence with your dad there. I actually live in New York. I'm actually just north of the Catskill Mountains. Where Where are you? I'm up in uh, Albany area. Nice. Well, I spent every summer of my life in the Catskills down in. Um, South Fallsburg and in Loch Sheldrake and uh, every oh, nice. summer of okay. my life, so, you know, when I was young. And I love upstate New York. It's gorgeous up there. I was just talking to somebody about that. It's beautiful. You ever travel up, up further to the, like, the Adirondacks area near Lake, Lake George? Yes. I spent, I, I spent some time up in Lake George at, at like a dude ranch or something. It was great. I love Lake George. Beautiful there. Huh. That's funny, a dude ranch. That's actually kind of funny because there is a lot of different kinds of um, different places like that up in that area. So 
Yeah, it was. But, used, yeah, I can't no, remember the name of the one that I was at, but I went there a few times, and I also spent some time in Albany because I used to go up there to protest in the late '60s and early '70s. We used to oh, march nice. up in Albany at the state capitol. Mm-hmm. We did. Nice, That's nice, awesome. Uh, well, Vicky's our guest here. Now we're going to hit the hard question. We've got about 18 minutes here left. If you can. Uh, Handle us for that much longer, but I think uh, I can. I love the way you're counting down the minutes. It's I, I have a chapter in my book that. where I count down the minutes. Very he funny, yeah. Well, you know, I I got I got to make sure that we hit our time cues and everything. So in case uh, we ever decide to edit the show and uh, I I draw a blank, uh, I know where the blank came. You know, you may. I have to say, you guys are so professional. I'm so impressed with how you handled this whole thing. I don't know what made you guys reach out to me when you did last January, but you've been so on top of staying in touch with me and reminding me and keeping. uh, It's just very impressive, very professional. I appreciate it. And what what I love most about uh, wanting to have you on is, you know, the book and the book itself and the title. And the fact that, you know, you have a couple of podcasts and a couple of video shows yourself that I'm uh, wanting to throw myself out there. If you ever need, like, a last-minute guest that's entertaining and debonair and dashing and everything, you have <laughs> Thank my you. Deal. I like it. How did you guys find me? Why did you guys ask me to guest on your show? I'm, I'm curious about that. Your book. Well, how did you find my book? On Amazon. Okay, cool. Yeah, as a matter of the, the uh, I'll tell you the story real quick. Uh, what happened is I was uh, I was typing on Amazon for and I typed in sex and drugs and uh, rock and roll and all this other stuff and all of a sudden your book showed up like okay I'm gonna click on this book and uh, you know with Amazon you can read the first uh, you can read the first couple pages like okay right. I'm gonna order this. I'm going to order this, bam, you know, and it came and I started paging through it and I like reading it and I kept on reading it and I'm reading it and I was like, okay, oh. I wonder, I wonder if I could find this author and I looked on Facebook and there you were. And, oh, uh, rest, that's so cool. I love that story. Kidding. I had no idea. But I'll tell you what, though, my favorite thing about you, though, and I know we uh, and I don't want to dwell on it. I'm not upset about it, but usually uh, and I'll I'll admit this. I don't get upset when I say this, but so far, you're the only one that I had to do 25 different guest cards for. <laughs> I know. I'm, I'm such, I told you I'm a pain in the ass. I'm a pain in the ass when it comes to that stuff. I'm such a perfectionist. Yeah, I'm sorry about that. That's good, though. That's kind of good, though. I mean, you know, if you're going to have something out in the public, especially on something that is uh, as as widely used by literally everybody as the Internet, uh, you, want, you, know, you want it to look perfect. I, I don't blame you. Yeah, I'm I'm really fussy when it comes to that stuff. If it's going to have my name and my image on it, then I want it to be something that I'm going to feel good about. The the one thing is I, I, I don't know if you can do it. I, I, I hope you can, but you know, in December we have a big giveaway show. Maybe if you could uh if you could uh honor us with a couple autographed copies of the book so we can uh, give away to. to our fans. All right, sure, I'll send you I'd an be address. I'll send I'll send you an address uh and then sure. we can take care of that after the show. That'd be really cool. So And you know, Icon, you forgot to mention um She's one of the uh, the few female guests we've had on that doesn't have a restraining order against you. <laughs> How do you know? 
That's an assumption. <laughs> well, no, I'm I assuming. I mean, you're being you're being quite cordial, so I figured, you know. <laughs> I I don't currently. That's true. <laughs> okay, good, right, good. Yeah, currently, the, that's the, the keyword. Key the keyword is yet. So um, yeah, yet. We have, uh, <laughs> we have uh, Vicky, the world famous author and talk show host, with us. We got 14 minutes here. So now I'm kind of curious. You know, you mentioned uh, the celebrities that you've had in your living room. Here's my question. First off, I'm going to ask you about one particular one because I've seen him in concert a few times, the Kelsey. Okay. Uh, so do these people know you or do you put out a feeler, say, hey, uh, would you like to come over to my house? Uh, do you have to bribe them with a, like a, non-di- a non-dinner dinner or do you have to put on a spread? How do you get all the guys to come over? Because that's what I have to do. Who, who was the one that was the, your pick of my guest? The Kelsey's. Oh, the you know, I got to tell you, Bob Calsill, I don't know if you saw that video on YouTube, and if you haven't, it's my number one video on my website. It's got over 100,000 hits, which is unique for me. And it, it was arguably the finest set that has ever been performed in my living room, and there have been many. I've been doing this for a long time, for 12 years every month. And Bob Calsill put on the best show that has ever happened in this living room. It was Ed Asner was a guest that day also, and he was sitting in the back rocking and rolling a bob. And um, it was just absolutely the best. I love the Castles. I was a huge Castles fan. I was a little girl when they were little kids, right? And and um, it so happened that my producer of my first talk show, um, Louise Palanker, did a um, a documentary um, on the Castles. And um, she introduced no, she 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 told she she kind of introduced me, but not really. I went to a club and a little club in in L.A. and introduced myself to them as being Louise's friend. And from that, Bob said he would do my living room, and then John did my John Castle did my living room as well with his wife Vicky Peterson of the Go Go's of the no of the not the Go Go's the um. Yeah. Oh my God. I'm totally, I'm totally spacing on the name of the band, the girl band. Anyway, it'll come to me in a second. So, um, anyway, um, I've talked with Susan and tried to get Susan, but Barry was my favorite castle when I was a little girl. He was my age, and um, but I just I speak to Bob regularly. Um, we're in contact a lot. He's done my talk show a couple times in addition to doing Women Who Write. And he just told me he's going to come back in December when they're, they have two albums coming out, an acapella one and then another new album, and he's going to come back and do the show. Then, um, Now I'm trying to remember what your question was because I got off on a tangent. I'm sorry. Well, um, how do I get these people? That's what you asked me. So in the case but, uh, of Bob Castle, yeah. it was through a friend, and that is often what happens. Um, I've been very, very blessed. I don't know if you know who Phil Rosenthal is, but he created Everybody Loves Raymond, and he's got a show on Netflix called Somebody Feed Phil. It's a food and travel and comedy show. And Phil has pizza and movie nights in his place in L.A. And I have been blessed to be invited. I used to go every single Sunday. And it only seats 20 people, his his little theater. And it is arguably the best movie theater in the world. It was The sound was done by the guys who designed Abbey Road for the Beatles. And it's it's just an incredible sounding and the, the 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 screen everything is amazing, and there have been times when I've been in that room of twenty people and I'm the only one who's not famous in the room, 
everybody else is famous. I've met so many well, people there. So a lot of the people that I've asked to come to my living room are people that I met there. Most of the people that have done my things are people that I meet socially. I, I'm very blessed that way. I go to a lot of, of music shows. I go to a lot of theater. I go, I, I've been very lucky to meet these people. And so a lot of them have become good like the monkeys, Mike Nesmith said the monkeys produced my show up in Big Sur, and it was the first time he had played out in 15 years, and then he rejoined the monkeys after that. Well, you know, I'll tell you what, though. I would do anything to have you pass my number to Bob Cowsill. I would do anything <laughs> to have you do that. What do you like better, the monkeys' music or the monkeys' TV show? The TV show, I got to tell you. I, you know, I didn't come around to the monkey's music till later because I thought I was too cool. I was a Beatles person uh, uh, more than a monkey's when they were around. But the TV show, I loved. And and then I came to really love their music as well. You know, but I booked uh, I mean, three uh, of the monkeys. I had Davy Jones I booked back in the 80s in a little club in the village. And then Mike Nesmith produced my event up north. And then Mickey Dolenz has played my living room. And I did get to meet Peter also at a concert before he died. And, I, and I'm going to ask uh, uh, Vicky, don't 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 give the answer away, but I'm going to ask uh, Big Swing and Granny if they know oh boy. what uh, what TV show the Cowsills uh, uh, inspired. <laughs> well, remember, Icon. Just remember, I was born in '88, so oh God. I don't, I don't. <laughs> Um, I, I honestly don't know what you're talking about. So, <laughs> all right, Granny, do you? <laughs> Granny, check it out. Is she here? Well, anyway, hang on. For those, no, she she's yeah. on the line with us. But remember, she's dog sitting, so maybe she had something to go oh, on yeah. with that. But I'm sure. Well, if she gets back on, you can ask her. I'm sure she'll she'll know. All right. Well, I don't, I don't want to. Uh, then I won't reveal the answer just yet. But uh, while we're waiting for Granny Vicky, uh, real quick here, uh, I promise that you can do this. If our fans wanted to check you out because they love you so much like I do, uh, mm-hmm. do you have a Facebook? You got Instagram? You got YouTube? You got a Twitter? You got a Twitch? You got a GoFundMe? What do you got? I got everything. I don't have a GoFundMe and I don't have a Twix, but I have an Instagram, a Twitter, three Facebooks, a LinkedIn. Uh, yeah, I've got all that stuff, and I am findable, uh, foundable, findable through all of those by my name, which is spelled kind of weirdly. It's Vicky Abelson, and it's V I C K I A B E L S O N. So I'm at Vicky Abelson on Instagram and on Twitter, and I'm Vicky Abelson on Facebook three times. And uh, okay. as uh, everyone knows, Vicky has abled me to have her as a guest on the show. Now, we have several <laughs> I also have a great you, – you know, I want to tell your people to check out my YouTube channel because all the people that have performed in my living room are on my YouTube channel, and there are some – that Bob Castle video, for one, is classic. And uh, what would the icon have to do to come perform in your living room, do a little comedy show? You know the thing is about my living room is I you know you got to pet you know you got you I really kind of only have celebrities. Um, I have had a couple of people that you might not know their name, but for the most part, everybody who's performed in my living room are people that are kind of famous, and that's been sort of the thing. And um, it's not that I don't give a chance to new people, but it's mostly people who uh, because that's kind of what the is of my thing. It's like, how did you do it? You know, because everybody that I kind of present are living their dream and have been successful at it. 
And that's the thing that's eluded me and a lot of other people. How do we get successful doing what we love? I like to pick their brains and find out how they did it. Well, well, you know, it's funny. Uh, I fit all those categories, believe it or not. So that's kind of funny. Nice. so, Vicki Abelson is our guest here. we got uh, six minutes here with Vicki. So, uh, I don't know if Gang's back yet, but... Um, you know, oh, I've been here, guys. I had to I, I had to take the dog outside, so I've been here. I just needed... Well, yeah, that's, that's, that's what I figured. You had something to do with the dog. Do, do you know the answer to the trivia question? I, I didn't hear it all. I, I didn't hear it all. Well, Granny, the trivia question is, what television show did the cow seals inspire mm. into crickets <laughs> no I, I, think, I, think we're, sure I think we're stumped that. here well yeah. I'll tell you what the, the answer is they, they inspired the partridge family that's how they that's okay. how they inspired that, as that's a matter of fact the they had wanted um all of them to be in the Partridge family, the original Cowsills, but they wouldn't take the mom. They wanted Shirley Jones. And the kids refused to do it without the mom. And uh, actually, Shirley Jones read in my living room as well from Mama they, well, Partridge. They did, they, they did have the sister on the show, though. No, different sister. Susan Day is not the sister. Susan wasn't on the on the Partridge family. Okay. Because I remember when they were when they were here at concert to boost them, they were talking about the reason why they weren't on the show is they said, well, they don't want to see our pimple faces on the TV. Yeah. <laughs> That's so true. Bob also said that. I thought that was like funny. It's like, hey, there's so I thought Susan. I thought Susan Day was on the Partridge family. Susan Day was. Susan Cowsill wasn't. Oh, okay. Right. Yeah. Right. So we have uh, we we have Vicky Abelson here with us. We got uh, well, we got about three minutes here left. Uh, so, Vicky, what is your next uh, your next big uh, project that you're going to be doing? Well, I'm still I I figured out. It took me a few weeks to figure out how to go live. With you know, I'm used to doing my talk show live, and I'm on camera, unlike you guys. So challenging to figure out how to continue to do it because I'm used to either going to the celebrities' homes and interviewing them there or having them come to mine. And so it took me a few weeks to figure it out, but I'm using StreamYard and I'm back to uh, to interviewing celebrities. I've been doing it again for about another, for, for the last, I guess I was off for about a month where I couldn't quite figure it out. Anyway, um, so I have, I have uh, Sam Harris on my show this Wednesday, Sam was the first winner of Star Search, and um, he's sold like millions of records, and he's been on Broadway a bunch of times, and um, he just wrote his second book. And uh, Eric Roberts is going to be doing my show again in the next few weeks, and you know I, I'm ba- I'm still doing what I do. That's awesome. So COVID hasn't really slowed you down then at all. You know, it, I got to tell you, I'm I'm really over COVID. Uh, I've been living alone in my house for four, four months, and it stinks. Um, and I've been really doing the stay at home, so I'm kind of really over it. But I'm very grateful because I go live every day. I don't know if you know this. I have a daily show on Facebook called Shooting the Shit with Vicky. And I started that just to connect with people to stay connected and for them and for me, and we're called the co- I call us the COVID crazies, 
and we talk about the latest COVID news. I sometimes have guests on there. I all we, but I mostly it's interactive. Everybody writes their their comments and their questions, and I kind of speak for both of us. And I do that Monday, I do that Monday and Tuesday and Thursday and Friday. And Wednesday I have game changers. So I'm live five days a week, and that's keeping me sane. That's awesome. And uh, like I say, uh, hopefully our fans will check that out. I'll, I'll, since you're sending your fans our our show, I'll send our fans to your show, and uh, we can kind of we can kind of collaborate that way. Well, I'll tell you what we have we have about ninety seconds left. Uh, if uh, uh, is there anything else that you want to send our fans off with? That uh, any good advice that you can give us uh, before our little session is uh, done? Well, I think you guys are doing a great thing. I, I appreciate very much you asking me to be on. I'm flattered, and again, you handled it fabulously. I love your professionalism. I, your fans uh, obviously know what they're doing. They found you, and you guys are doing a great job. Um, I look forward to uh, to checking you out more. And as far as advice goes, I would just say stay connected uh, through this as much as you possibly can. I know that staying connected to as many people as possible. Uh, not as ma- it's not about the numbers of people, but it's just staying close to people through this and not being alone, you know, not feeling alone. Fill your life with people and with love. Well, I'll tell you what, uh, we thank you for taking time out of your schedule to join us, Vicki. We love you very much, and hopefully we can have you on with us again, uh, maybe for a longer period. Thank you so much, I- the icon, not icon, the icon. I've enjoyed it very Please, much. Thank yes. you, the big swing. Thank you, Granny Oakster. No problem. Thank you, Vicky. We love you. Have a good night. You too. Bye bye. Thank you. Vicky Abelson, ladies and now that was awesome, wasn't it? I mean, you know, uh uh you know I Man, I, it was. I think eventually one time I can talk and let me perform in their living room. I think that'd be awesome. Anyway, so uh our next guest should be calling in here shortly if they're not on already. Um let me let me check here. Uh, no, they're not on yet. They should be coming on very soon, however. Uh, so, yeah, so uh, that was awesome. Um, so, uh, so, yeah, I love that. So, yeah, no, that was cool. So, you and you've been in touch with her since last January, huh? Yeah, well, see, you know, I tell you, I tell you guys, when I say that I've got a guest booked from now until uh, next year, I'm not kidding. Uh, you know, uh, I, I booked her uh, last January for this July. Think about that. So wow. yeah, so that's just, quite a bit for our next guest here. Um, so hopefully uh, they'll call in soon. Um, and uh, our our other our third guest is going to be calling from overseas, so uh, be ready for that. Uh, hopefully, I wouldn't have to call them myself, but I can if we need to. Um, but so anyway, uh, what um, what did what do you guys think about that stuff? Right, uh, all this good stuff that we got going on here. Pretty awesome. So anyway, yeah, so she's going to, you know, if you guys want to check out the book, uh, like I say, I ordered it on Amazon.com, and I just thought, just 
perchance, if I could uh, find her on Facebook and say, you know, and I told her, I said, you know, we have a we have a show called Attitude Air Live, and I noticed that you, I read in the book that you have a talk show called Shooting Up with You, and you <laughs> you have a, a show called Game Changers. It's like with a show like that, I mean, it's all about attitude, and we love to have you join us. She's like, okay, well, how much are you gonna pay me? I'm like, well. Nothing. <laughs> She's like, oh, okay. geez. You know, <laughs> but I, 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 but I did offer a couple autographs of myself, and that, I guess that's what did it. Oh, good. Uh, I mean, those those are priceless anyway. So, right. But anywho, yeah. So I'm I'm looking at our uh, switchboard here, icon, and now nah, nobody's on with us yet. Nobody is on with us yet. So. Um, but, uh, I'm looking at, I'm looking at everything we got going on here. And, um, I mean, I think it's, it's pretty safe to say that at this point, uh, we're, we're a pretty multi-platform show. Uh, I mean, yes, our roots are, you know, in, in the wrestling and our roots are, uh, you know, with the WWE and, and, and subsequent companies, that's really where we got our start. Um, and, you know, talking to wrestlers, both, you know, big name and independent circuit is, is always fun. Uh, but it's good to have some other types of, of, uh, guests on with us as well. It has a little diversity to the show and, 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 and it gives people, uh, kind of a, a respite from wrestling. So like, for example, if somebody's not necessarily a wrestling fan, uh, we may still have something that is right up their alley as, you know, as well. So that's, that's something we kind of take pride in, and we've we've been able to do uh, quite successfully over the past year and a half or so. Well, you know, and the other thing is, it's like, you know, from our humble beginnings, and they were humble beginnings, I mean, you got to admit, though, uh, you had no idea that things were going to take off like they have. And No, no, I, I don't know how you could be able to tell, honestly. You know, and I'm not... I mean, there, there would be no way to tell that. I mean that was the goal, right, not, obviously, but I don't know how right. you know I don't know how we would be able to have told that, yeah. Right, and I'm not tooting my own horn when I say this, but you know, remember it started out we 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 were talking about uh, you know how the WWE we were complaining about them for you know about all this stuff you know and think you know I mean doing that for two hours just got boring when you think about it. And, I mean, you know, it's like, how much can you complain about the same dried-ups they're doing? They haven't, I mean, I don't know, would you say they've actually gotten worse since we started doing this? Oh, um, what, yeah, much worse. Much worse. Um, And, I mean, they weren't good to begin with. They haven't really, and, and as much as I'm not... As much as I'm not a John Cena fan, um, they really haven't been good since Cena was in his heyday, since he was in his prime, which was, you know, before we even hit the 2010s. So, I mean, I think we, um, they've been kind of on a on a downslide for, for quite some time now. And, you know, we've kind of highlighted that a little bit. We've kind of got into, I mean, we named the show Attitude Era Live simply because, you know, we all loved the Attitude Era. We all loved... The Monday Night Wars. We all loved what wrestling was then and how edgy it was then. That was kind of our thing. 
and and now you know working on all this PG era stuff, and it it's just it's like it's like watching watching a kids show that features men in speedos. It's it's very very strange. Uh, it's a very strange thing for us to watch. So, but uh, but yeah, Icon, I I don't know if you want to send the guest uh, a message and say hey we're on or call them or whatnot. But uh, yeah, there's nobody on our switchboard at the time being. Well, I, I just did, and, uh, you know, it, it gets to the point where, you know, we're running out of time uh, for for the guests, you know, and we don't want to rush it, so maybe I could try and get a hold of uh, our third guest, and then if our uh, our other guest calls in, we could always uh, go that route. Um, I mean, that's up to you, man. That's up to you. Uh, real quick question, well, though. Do, gonna... you like, do you like Bailey better? As a heel, or or as as the hugger that, that you know the, the the extreme baby face that she was before. Uh, I kind of loved her as a baby face, actually. You know, with, with all the big wacky inflatable arm flailing tube men that used to be up on stage when she'd come in and she's giving everybody hugs and was always smiling. Yeah, I don't know. I, I yeah, mean, well, I think I, I think every good wrestler in their day needs to have at least one heel turn, simply because it keeps the suspense up and it it, it shows that. You know, everybody is in fact human, and uh, you know, does go through different mood swings and different, you know, viewpoints and ideologies. So I do like the idea that they can take pretty much the ultimate face and probably the the most faciest face that this company's ever had in the women's division in Bailey, and uh, and turn them into a bad guy. So I, I did kind of like that turn, to be honest with you. Anyway, yeah, if you wanted to well, try to get in touch with somebody, I kind of I'm, I'm I'm all for it. Well, you know, I'll tell you, it's it it is kind of it is kind of interesting that uh, uh, about Bailey, you know, it's like, but you know, the thing is, um, how can I put it? Uh, if I'm wrong, guys, on these points, I'm going to make. Uh, they mm-hmm. ruined the world title with Brock Lesnar having it. That's one, two. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to go. I'm going to go through point to point, and then after that we can sure. discuss it because we have we have about 15 minutes till our our next guest supposed to call in because I don't know what happened to the the second one even though they confirmed earlier. Uh, point two, there's no belt in the WWE that's really relevant. The 24/7 title maybe, but not really. Three. Uh, where's tag team wrestling? There is none. Four. Uh, are they using COVID-19 as a crutch? And five, when will we actually see them improve the product? I'll let you guys... Uh, uh, well, starting, starting at the last point, I mean, improving the product is speculative. I mean, all of us have different opinions as to what would actually be an improvement... Um, you know, so, some people like it the way it is. Some people think it's the best it's ever been right now. I mean, I, I don't agree with that opinion, but uh, there are some people out there, I'm sure, that think that. Um, so, I mean, what? when are they going to improve the product? I think when they have um, the pressure to, honestly. When, when, when Vince McMahon starts hemorrhaging money uh, is, is when I think he's going to uh, look at what, you know, AEW is doing and what Impact is doing and what NXT, his own, you know, love child is doing, 
and and kind of change things up a little bit. But uh, right now, I mean, they pretty much got the game under wraps. They have all the big names. Um, they just don't use them properly. Are they using COVID as a clutch, as a crutch rather? Um, no, I think they're pretty much just doing what they have to do right now, not having fans in the stadium and and kind of having this uh, training, you know, WWE training facility type atmosphere. Um, I mean, that, that's what they have to do right now. Um, in terms of, um, of, of well, what was your third point? You said, uh, oh, well, actually, I will jump back to the first. Um, do you think that they've, and this is for both of you, do you think that they've learned their lesson with giving part-timers belts? So, for example, remember Ronda Rousey won the Raw Women's Championship. Uh, she soon after, you know, left. Um, and she actually lost it to, to Becky Lynch, who was a, a uh, big-time, you know, full-time, every-night kind of a superstar. But I think that they've learned their lesson. I mean, I, I was wondering why they had Shayna Baszler come in looking as dominant as, as she's looked and why they didn't put the belt on her. Um, I think it's they didn't want a female version of Brock Lesnar. That would be my take on it. And I, you know, I think that it's going to be a while before somebody jumps over from an MMA type or a boxing type or whatever, and, and actually holds a, a big time belt in WWE. I think, I think they've learned from the fan reaction to the Lesnar situation and tag team wrestling. Um, the women have a pretty good tag team um, department. I mean, between Sasha and Bailey, Obviously, Alexa and Nick and Nikki, um, the Iconics. Uh, I, I mean, they, they've they've got some pretty good storylines going on on the women's side. Obviously, the Kabuki Warriors are back uh, now with both of them healthy. Uh, on the men's side, obviously, I don't watch as much SmackDown because I'm usually busy on Fridays. But um, they've got you know uh, obviously yeah, heavy machinery. The New Day has been holding down tag team for a while. Um, you know, they've, they've got, they've got a couple tag teams. I, I think they don't use them as much in the way that they should, but I definitely, there, there's definitely an abundance of tag teams. It's just how they're all put together, uh, within, within the fold of things. But, um, but yeah, granny to, to, to touch on, on icons points here. I mean, do you, do you feel he's, he's on, on base with a lot of this? Well, yeah, I mean, and I agree with you, too, I mean, with a lot of what you were saying, you know, and I I mean, hopefully, I mean, I think they have maybe, you know, learned some things, you know, by doing what they've done, and, you know, we'll see, but, you know, I mean, when you, you know, talk about the COVID-19, I mean, when you have 30-plus people between talent and backstage people and, you know, that's been tested positive for this. I mean, I wouldn't say they're using that as a crutch because just the fact that they've got too many people that's, you know, has tested positive for it, you know, and it's not a good thing yeah. right now. I mean, it's and, pretty and serious. And they're doing what they have to do. I mean, I mean they, they had two <clears throat> options. They could do the no fans in the stadium type of thing that they've been doing and, and kind of having the – training facility atmosphere or they could wear masks which would look goofy or they could just suspend everything like the other sports leagues have done uh which would have been unprecedented in the wrestling world since they've been you know every single monday night and thursday or friday uh you know since the late 90s um they have been at a raw since the early 90s honestly uh has been every single monday without without a hitch so 
I don't think that they ever really were planning on suspending operations. Um, I think that they're they're doing what they have to do right now. Um, AEW icon, I, I know we compare them a lot to WCW just because they do have the big fancy entranceway with the smoke and the the the, the new modern looking setup. Um, but I just I don't see them having the primetime talent. I mean, for a long time. In fact, AEW's um, crutch, if you want to use that word, has been Chris Jericho, who was in his late 40s, and Cody Rhodes, who I I personally think has been washed up for quite some time, ever since he was Stardust in WWE. So, I, I mean, I just, you know, John Moxley is good, don't get me wrong, but, um, you know, Kenny Omega, guys like that are very good. Um, but I just, I, they're not the big names. And I think that they would have to do a little bit more with them to build them back up. I mean, even Jack Hager, who we all know as Jack Swagger, uh, or Jake Hager, rather, as we know as Jack Swagger, um, it ha- has been, you know, he's been getting a big push. But, you know, I, I think as AEW continues to sign discarded WWE talent, um, you know, they're going to build the roster, but they're not really building star power. They don't have a Stone Cold or a Rock or a Triple H or a, you know, e- even a Mankind um, like the Attitude Era had or or, or c- to compare them to WCW. They don't have a, uh, a Hogan or a Luger or a Sting or a Macho Man or a Kurt Henning or a Ric Flair or, a, you know, Four Horsemen or a you know, I, I mean, they just, they don't have the star-studded roster right now. And they're signing WWE cast-offs at this point. It seems like everybody that either gets fired or let go or leaves WWE seems to sign up with, with AEW. And they're not making their roster better. They're just making it more full. And I think that... um that that's good, but I, I would like to see. And don't get me wrong, I love to see these these young up and comers um, make names for themselves um, in, on national television. But I would like to see um, some some bigger names too. I'd like to have kind of more of a meal ticket, if that makes any sense. Well, you know, I just found out our our, our third guest going to call in about uh, five minutes, so let's be ready for okay. that. Uh, but, uh, you know, I wonder, though, this could um, – I wonder if this will help out, uh, like, smaller towns with smaller venues because right now they're doing it from the training facility with no fans. I wonder if they might uh, consider going to, like, uh, smaller uh, smaller venues and uh, allow fans uh, to come see them uh, at a smaller venue. Uh, they'll definitely put more fans than they're getting now, which is none. I mean, they've been they've been exploring the smaller towns uh, with their live shows, WWE live uh, events. They've been going to smaller towns, but they they just made the announcement that um, that SummerSlam is going to be very similar to WrestleMania in terms of SummerSlam is going to be. You know, at the training facility in Orlando, and it's going to be you know a no fan event, um, just like you know, just like WrestleMania was. And you know, SummerSlam is one of the big four. I mean, obviously, you know, for for those of you out there who may not know, although if you're a wrestling fan, you don't know, I'd be a little surprised. But uh, they have the big four. They have WrestleMania, 
SummerSlam, Royal Rumble, and Survivor Series um, as their their staple for pay-per-views. Uh, two of them have now already been, you know, with no fans, and, and WrestleMania was even split up to two nights for the first time ever, um, which was interesting. So, I mean, I, I, I like the idea, and, and, I, and I like the fact that they are um, – they're making the best of a bad situation. Uh, but, you know, eventually, I mean, th- 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 this is a, this is a business that was built on the fans and fan reaction and fan interaction. And for them to not have fans for this long, um, I mean, I get it. I understand why, uh, but there's only so far that they can go with it before people lose interest. I mean, there's so many other things on TV and uh, there's so many other distractions that fans may have that, you know, if they're not there in the arena watching the stuff unfold in front of them, um, they may lose interest. And there are certain storylines that you can run, that you can use um, that would work or at least work better uh, if there were fans that are reacting to it live in person. Uh, even even like with some of the the Brock Lesnar and Paul Heyman things, which by the way Paul Heyman might be the best on the microphone in the modern era. Um, the reason why Brock Lesnar worked was because of Paul Heyman being the mouthpiece and his back and forth with the fans. And you know, like when Brock Lesnar broke the streak, Paul Heyman rubbing that into everybody and kind of pissing off the crowd a little bit was really what got Lesnar over. And I think without fans, you can get into a ring and you can cut a promo, but it just does not have the same effect as it would if fans could cheer or boo uh, while being there live in person. So, um, I mean, obviously I I get it. I understand why they're not, but um, I think it would be in their best interest to see if they can get something with some sort of a live audience, um, you know, in the relative near future. Uh, I'll tell you what, guys, what I'm going to have to do is I'm going to have to, uh, uh, looks like I'm going to have to call our next guest. Uh, yeah, so do what you got to do, man. Hold on one second. And then uh, hopefully, um, uh, hopefully what what has happened uh, in the past won't happen um, uh, before where we get cut off, but we'll see what happens, I guess. Yeah, we we got you. We got you covered. Um, now, Granny, I don't know if you've heard the news here today, uh, but I got a message on my phone, and uh, obviously I wasn't in studio because I'm over here on vacation, so I wasn't um, at home on my home radio station to talk about it. Uh, but you know, I, I've I've chimed in via social media uh, all day long, pretty much, uh, about Patrick Mahomes just signed the most lucrative deal in NFL history, a $500 million deal with a, a 10-year extension, which is going to put Patrick Mahomes uh, in your Kansas City Chiefs uniform until the 2031 season. Um, and, well, that would, and, and that would make me very happy. <laughs> yeah, well, the, that the, that's what they just did. <laughs> they, 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 they just put him, they just, they, they just extended him for 10 years, which is unprecedented, really, in the salary cap era. So uh, I think that's... Well. That's actually pretty awesome. Well, if you yeah, I was I was uh, excited about that. I, I I do have a guest on. If you guys are ready to, and we can sure. go ahead and do the introduction, we can. All right, ladies and gentlemen, 
stepping out of the green room and walking down the aisle, about to flex the muscles as she steps to the ropes. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you a gal that's got muscles on her muscles, and she can squash you like a grape without even trying. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you Big Red. Hi, welcome everyone. Um, I'm actually in Australia, um, so please forgive me if you hear a bit of rain in the background because at the moment over here it's winter. Oh, okay. Ah, okay. So, so we uh, we appreciate you taking time out of your schedule tonight uh, to join us. Uh, what we'll have you do is you can, uh, if you can give us a little background about yourself, uh, then we'll uh, then we'll ask you some questions. Sure, sounds good. Go ahead. Go ahead, give us a little background. Go ahead. Oh, sorry. Um, okay, so I've been an athlete for quite some years. Um, I've been a competitive bodybuilder for the last 10 years. Um, and more recently, I've also taken up wrestling, which I'm sure all of you guys appreciate is a little bit of a different sport. Um, but I do have that advantage that I do have plenty of muscle mass to um, work my opponent into the ground. That's awesome. And here's what we'll do here. I'm going to ask you a few questions, and we'll kind of go around the room, and then uh, we'll come back to me, and I'll ask you the hard-hitting questions. But, uh, you know, you mentioned that uh, you recently took up wrestling and you're a bodybuilder. So uh, let me ask you this. When you're walking down the aisle and your opponent sees you, yeah. and then you, you, you take your shirt off and you, you expose your arms, do they just <laughs> run right away to the back, or uh, what happens? Well, I, I must admit, people, even when my shirt on, tend to run away from me. Even the local shopping centre, uh, they like, wouldn't want to mess with her. <laughs> so um, it certainly is an advantage. And uh, I, I, got, I definitely got to give you the uh, famous pickup line, how much can you bench? <laughs> well, I usually say more than you, uh, but I actually haven't met you in person, so I actually really wouldn't know. Um, my training. Oh, trust me, it's more than him. Trust me, it's more than him. It probably yeah. is. Um, well, I didn't actually bench last night, but I did get a personal best on the hack squat machine, which was 110 kilos. So, yeah, um, the other machine that I spent a fair bit of time on was the leg extensions, which I do a full stack, which is 109 kilos. So, yeah, quite a bit of weight. So, uh, what is the kilo in uh, our terminology? Oh, um, oh, sorry. I'll have to try and convert it. Um, oh, I can't. I can't recall off the top of my head. Yeah, I can't. Are you looking for pounds? Sorry, I forget. You guys aren't in metric. <laughs> no, no, no. That, that's fine. How many? Uh, I'll do the conversion right now. Um, how, how many kilos do you bench? Uh, I bench between 110 and 120. So let's say 120 kilograms to pounds. Icon, just for your uh, knowledge, 120 kilograms is about 264 and a half pounds. Um, 110, wow. 110 would be about 242 and a half. All right, so please. So you would be able to bench press me plus a couple of cinder blocks. Okay, I yes. got you. Uh, <laughs> the, uh, the, yeah. the thing is, the only the only thing we measure in kilos here, unfortunately, is what uh, cops take off 
when they take drugs off the street, they say, this is... Oh, right. <laughs> yeah. So that, that's really... Yeah, really we have everything. We do miles, we do inches, we do, you know, feet. We do, we're the only ones who... We're one of, like, four countries that drive on the right side of the road, and uh, and we don't use the same systems as everybody else. I mean, it's America, you know? We got to be different, you know? We got to be different than Well, America. it's good to be original. How we do it. Yeah. <laughs> So we have uh, we have uh, Big Red here with us, and uh, we have uh, well we have about uh, forty five minutes here with Big Red. So I'm kind of curious. You went from uh, you said you went from uh, bodybuilding. To, uh, was was that uh, was that a tough convert, uh, tough conversion for you? Uh, I'm sure it was easier than converting metric to standards, but. Uh, <laughs> What was that like going from bodybuilding to I, I guess what actually, what actually kind of prompted me to kind of get into the wrestling was um, a, com- a competitive wrestler um, in Canada had actually seen photos of me online and she kind of liked the idea of taking on Big Red um, and all my muscles. Um, so I said, okay, well, hang on, give me a chance to actually get some wrestling skills first and then I'll take you on. Um, so... Yeah, that's how I initially got into it. Um, but it is quite a different skill set compared to bodybuilding. Um, but I have a lot of strength that I bring with me um, to the sport because uh, my legs are particularly strong um, and very muscly. So um, yeah, my coach knows when I when I get him in <laughs> in a decent position, and it's all over once my legs are involved. <laughs> And uh, uh, I'm going to ask you one more question, then we'll, we'll kind of go around the room, then we'll come back to me. And this this term uh, might be um, uh, uh, un, unknowledgeable to you, but when you wrestle, would you consider yourself to be a baby face, which is a good guy, a heel, which is a bad guy, or an in-between, which is uh, either or, or are you a crowd, uh, what the crowd decides you're going to be like if they boo you or cheer you? How would you classify yourself? Um, I would think that most people on the surface would think uh, I'm a fairly nice guy, but actually underneath, <laughs> I'm a competitive athlete, so I always am like, bring it on. <laughs> well, with that being, well, with that being said, uh, Granny, we could have a potential heel on our hands. What do you have for our guest? A potential. We have, we, a potential uh, we have, heel. Uh, well, well, first of all, Granny, I am not a wrestler. I'm just a fan, but... I have this gimmick name because I love wrestling so much, and but I do not like the heels, and I can talk some pretty good smack to the bad guys or bad girls when I have to, you know, yeah. be that as it may be. Yeah. <laughs> but what has been one of your most, I'd say, challenging matches since you've been a wrestler that you've had to do in your career? Um, well, I'm only really in the early stages of, of wrestling. I've, I've spent a lot of time um, dedicated to bodybuilding, and I, I'm still a competitive bodybuilder. Um, so I, I haven't got a great deal of experience under my belt to really answer that <laughs> effectively. Okay. Well, that, well, that's, that's well I have a I have a really good friend that's an independent wrestler, but he also does bodybuilding too. So. Uh, I think he does more bodybuilding now than he does wrestling. Yeah, 
It's oh, actually yeah. kind of funny when you, you you mentioned bodybuilding. I caught one of my close friends who's uh, actually a, a bouncer at, at the club um, that I also work at uh, is, is part of this group called the Metal Militia. And uh, he actually, July 4th, just broke his um, broke his, his streak here. I mean, I mean he's, he's a big – I mean, he's the kind of guy who can't put both of his hands – like, if he's getting arrested, he can't put both of his hands behind his back because his shoulders are too big. He just broke the 800 mark, um, but he's a, yeah. a giant. Yeah. He's, he's gigantic. So, I, I mean, you know, for, for the bodybuilding, it's always fascinated me because – I've always, I've always played basketball. That was my main sport my whole life. So I've always been about toning, which is lighter weight and more reps. Yeah. So the fact that people, so the fact that people can can get themselves that strong and lift that much at one time uh, was always something that 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 baffled me. But um, but but let me ask. Uh, we've we've talked to a lot of wrestlers from overseas. Um, most of which were in Europe, uh, and out of that Europe uh, demographic, most of which were in England. So I know the um, the scene over there. We very rarely get to talk to somebody from Australia. So I got to ask, what is the, uh, the yeah, wrestling scene? What's the, the scene? Small it's, it's, <laughs> it's small. Okay. Yeah. Is it something where um, yeah, it's a, it's people TV. people watch it on TV a lot, or or is it more like a live event for something to do? Or I mean, like when you say small, uh, what are you talking there's about? There's not. Uh, well, there's not a great deal of athletes in this sport, so there's not really much available live sport um, of that kind of nature here. Um, so it's more something uh-huh. we will watch, like international. Um, you know, or, or watch each other doing, um, you know, competitive um, comps here in Australia. So, yeah, it is, it is a little bit limited. <laughs> but you were talking about uh, okay. that before, and like before I became a bodybuilder, I was actually a long-distance runner. So as you can imagine, my physique was significantly different. Um, so over the last 10 years, um, to give you some idea, I've increased my body mass by about 30%. So it's quite significant from going from a, a relatively tiny person <laughs> to a much bigger person. I'm certainly somebody you can't miss when walking down the street. Mm. So, you know, I'm kind of curious. Uh, we have uh, Big Red as our guest here. Uh, we have, um, well, we have about uh, 38 minutes here with uh, Big Red. So, you know, you know, they always talk about when you're, you're bodybuilding and um, they have like certain terminologies like, uh, you know, body fat and all that stuff. Uh, can you kind of give us uh, like uh, what your stats are in, in, the, in the bodybuilding uh field what stats they measure sure. are yeah so basically like off season which is kind of when when you're not preparing for any specific competition your focus is all about like building muscle mass and trying to get as big as you can <laughs> um so your diet and your training is all focused towards trying to achieve that increase in muscle mass um then usually from about 20 weeks Prior to a competition, you'll start to commence to try and drop your body fat because the idea is is that you want to get as lean as possible. So the less fat, 
um, we'll be able to show the muscle um, definition, the muscle separation even better. So you want to drop the fat very slowly because obviously um, you want to hang on to the muscle mass and not lose the muscle mass at the same time. So, yeah, when we start to um, prepare for competition and, and drop that body fat, um, we do it by increasing the amount of cardio that we do um, and also, you know, changing the diet. So reducing how much carbohydrates is, in, is taken in um, and doing things like carbohydrate rotations and stuff to try and pull the body to keep dropping body fat. So uh, I guess my next question is with all the muscles that you have, and uh, trust me, I've seen you. And, uh, you know, I tried to to fit your physique into a collector's card, the the one I sent you. It's kind of tough with with as big as your muscles are. But um, (laughs) let me ask you this. And, you know, they they, they say that you should never ask a woman this question, but I'm going to ask you because I can't – I always put my foot in my mouth at least once in the show. So uh, what is your, what is your general weight and how much weight does your muscles add to that figure? If that is a, if that sure. is. Um, the only problem is I only know it in kilos. <laughs> um, so yeah, usually my stage weight for competition, which is very, very lean is around 80 kilos. Um, but off season, I'll get up to around ninety kilos. Um, well, I can't. Just, just yeah, so you know, that is, that is anywhere from one hundred and seventy-six to one hundred and ninety-eight pounds. I can't. Just so you know. Wow. Yeah. Uh, and and each year, my aim is just to build between one kilo and two kilos of muscle mass, because it is it is very hard for a female to build muscle. Um, but as long as I've achieved that goal over the period of the course of a year, um, I'm happy. I'm heading in the right direction, getting bigger. And uh, so, you know, we're kind of educating people on this uh, on this show here. One one kilogram, one kilo equals about uh, 2.2 pounds. So there you go. For those that, that don't think you get educated on this show, you're now wrong because we just educated you. So now, uh, and and your audience will be ready to come to. It did happen Looks again. Like we lost him again. I think yes, so. we did. I'm gonna shoot him a message. Oh boy, Icon's gotta get that sprint. Uh, he's gotta pay that sprint bill. Um, hold on. Oh, there he is. Sorry, he realized it on his own this time. All, All right, right Icon. Uh, so, uh, so after that commercial break, uh, we were just talking about uh, how uh, Big Red would like us to come to Australia. So I'm oh boy. curious, Big Red, with it's kind uh, of a long flight. Uh, yeah, with yeah, with uh, with COVID, over, it is quite uh, a long way, but it's well worth it. We have um, very very lovely weather and lots of great things to see, including kangaroos and koalas. So well, the thing yeah, about Australia and. and and Icon, I know, I know the question you're going to get into, so I'll let you ask that in a second here. But the thing about Australia, um, I've always wanted to see it. Obviously, I know that it's it's a great country, great cities, great wildlife, um, and and a lot of great sights to see. But it also is a continent that can fit uh, what two or three of our, you know, I, I mean, it can fit maybe three of them into the United States, and it has the most 
amount of species on the planet that can kill you. So I, I don't know <laughs> if that is a risk I want to take. <laughs> I must admit that I'm not very keen at swimming at the beach, certainly not in um, random beaches, because unfortunately there are quite a few sharks. I'm not really well, so I mean, land animals, too. <laughs> I mean, land land animals, oh, too. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, you guys have a lot of different kinds of spiders and different kinds of, 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 of arachnids, all sorts of things that can kill you. And, and yeah, I, I'm not I'm not a I'm, I'm not a, a an adventurer. I'm not a thrill seeker in that regard. But but I would like to see it if I could be in a cushy Sydney or Melbourne apartment and not have to uh, venture out too far into the wild. I'm a city <laughs> kid. I'm not used to, I'm not used to the to the, you know, the world. Yeah. So. But anyway, I can't. Um, what was your question? Um, unfortunately, the, the, the worst encounter oh. I've, I've had was um, I ended up on a week of workers' compensation because when I was uh, working out in the bush, I unfortunately got stung on the eyelids by some oh, sort wow. of insect. Don't know what it was, but my whole face basically swelled up and my eyes all closed for a week. So, yeah, that oh, was geez. so pleasant. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Well, you know, um, I'm just kind of curious with that being said, with that uh, happening to you, um, did, did it did it uh, happen? Sorry, like, well, with that, with what you just said, did that did the swelling happen up like right away, or did it happen gradually? Because I'm kind uh, of like, if, it, it, if, if your eyes were well, shot, initially, how can you find your way initially back? I was initially I was stuck in the bush, <laughs> um, and unfortunately out here we have a lot of remote areas that have no mobile phone reception, so. I knew that I needed to focus on trying to drive and um, get back to the town so that I could get medical attention because it was um, it was stinging quite badly and it started to swell up within an hour. So it really wasn't good. <laughs> uh, we have uh, Big Red as our guest here. We've got about 30 minutes here with Big Red. Uh, and then, uh, guys, I'm, uh, I don't want to keep uh, taking up all the questions here, but if you guys have any other questions, you guys can chime in. But uh, I'm kind of curious, uh, you know, you know, Big Swing mentioned that, you know, you have kangaroos and koalas over there. Are you allowed to have pet koalas or pet kangaroos over there? Uh, not really pets, but, um, yeah, because they're, they're more like um, protected kind of species. But um, they're certainly, um, like, you can see them in the wild. Um, there's quite a lot of kangaroos. At times the numbers get a bit out of control even. Um, so, yeah, you can eat kangaroo meat over here. Um, you can buy in the supermarket, which is um, really high in protein, which is great for a bodybuilder. <laughs> Icon. Icon. They have these birds over there, okay? They have these birds over there called cassowaries. Now, I don't know if Big Red knows what a cassowary oh, yeah. is, but picture a velociraptor with feathers, okay? That's basically oh, what this thing is. And and it, it is nasty. It's cute. It looks like a peacock. But the thing will tear you apart, bro. And I'm just like, oh my goodness. I mean, they're cool. I watch Castleberry fights on YouTube a lot, but wow. But anyway, getting off topic here. Um, well, you know, and, the other thing I'm kind of curious about, and now, yeah. now I'll let you ask your question, Big Swing. It's like, uh, sure, over sure. Here, Big Red, we have uh, we have a, a deer issue. So sometimes when you're driving down the road, you might see a a deer run in front of you, and then you have to slam on the brakes so you don't damage your car by running into the deer. Now, is that the same over there, but with kangaroos? Absolutely. Um, they actually have a species of kangaroo called a big red. 
Um, and basically, as you can imagine, a, a big red is a really big kangaroo and it's uh, quite um, muscly as well. Um, and because they literally bounce, um, and often if you're driving at night, they'll go towards the, the headlights of the car. So cars can literally be written off um, if they hit a really large kangaroo. So, yeah, it can be definitely bad news. No, I can't. I bet Big Red knows the difference because she lives there. But do you know the difference, Icon, between a kangaroo and a wallaby? Um, one has pockets, one doesn't. Yeah, I mean, sure. But they're, they're, they're different. I mean, they look the same, but I'm looking at them here on, on uh, Google. Anyway, this is a National Geographic here. We are actually on a, on a wrestling show. So um, to get to more pressing uh, issues, um, Big Red, uh, one, of, one of the issues that we've had over here and it's pretty much decimated not just our <laughs> excuse me not just our wrestling business but our entertainment business in general uh has been the covid-19 thing have you guys had any issues with yeah. any of that uh, out there sure look we've had a lot of challenges um like many countries um here in Australia, we are a little bit fortunate in that we are somewhat isolated. Um, mm-hmm. So we've been very successful, particularly in my state, um, in that we haven't had, um, we've got about a, a dozen or less um, current active cases and there are only people that have returned from overseas. So the quarantine measures here have worked extremely effectively. Um, so we've been very fortunate in that we had shutdown of um you know, of all major facilities, including gyms, which was very disappointing for me um, for a period of about eight weeks. Um, but, yeah, everything is back up and running now and um, businesses are getting started again. So, yeah, we've been quite fortunate. Um, but, yeah, other parts of Australia haven't been quite so lucky. So, with that being said, with COVID, with COVID, uh has that put a halt to any of your competitions or have any uh, had to be uh, uh, rescheduled or anything like that? Yeah, look, um, unfortunately for me, Arnold's Australia, which is um, the last international competition I did, um, was held in March of this year. Um, so initially um, they cancelled Arnold's Australia. Um, but they ended up proceeding with just the bodybuilding, like, because obviously Arnold's Australia covers a number of different sports. Um, but they did actually end up proceeding with a much smaller um, bodybuilding competition. Um, but obviously there weren't any international competitors because they weren't able to get into the country at the time. So it was a very, very strange circumstance where I flew into a city where... I couldn't get the right food that I needed because I couldn't buy any rice. I couldn't buy any potatoes. I couldn't buy any rice cakes, which was kind of quite disastrous initially. But eventually I was able to find a supermarket with some supplies. So, um, yeah, I did the best I could under trying circumstances. But uh, pretty much since then, there haven't been any competitions. We're kind of waiting to see whether later in the year there may be some. Um, but unfortunately for me, um, with the travel restrictions, um, I won't be doing any international competitions for some time at the moment. Um, so, yeah, just have to wait and see what happens, really. Um, I mean, there is going to be, or they are planning to still have a national competition in October this year. 
Um, so it all depends on if I can fly um, from one state to the next within Australia. Um, so, yeah, if that's possible, that's the next one I'll be doing. Now, have they uh, have they told you uh, what to expect on how long you'll have to wait before they'll let you travel again? Um, look, there there is discussions about possible timeframes, but at this stage, I think it's just we really have to wait and see. Um, so yeah, it's a bit it's a bit hard to plan and organise, and it's obviously a bit disappointing when it's um, such a big part of your life. But you know, obviously, we um, on a worldwide basis, everyone is suffering in different ways, so we just have to um, wait and see. Now, uh, what, now with that being said, uh, is is it just that uh, they're just not letting anybody travel at all, or if if they say if you travel, you can't come back for a certain time, or how is that, how, how is they yeah. policing that? Basically, in terms of the um, in terms of the requirements for the Australian government, um, they basically have said they don't want Australians travelling outside of the country. Um, we have like border restrictions even within the country, like for each of the states. So if I travel outside any of those borders, um, I'll end up coming back and have to go into quarantine. Um, so they put you in a hotel for 14 days. Um, they make you pay for the hotel <laughs> um, and they test you before they allow you out. Man, so, uh, yeah. and, well, let me ask you this. Uh, how would they know, though, if you did uh, travel outside? Oh well, you can't you can't you know fly out the country without your passport. Okay, so they yeah, so they or, or come back in without it either. So that's yeah. right. Yeah. But but um now it might be a little bit of a touchy subject. I I know it's a little bit in the past now, um, but obviously with everything being. Uh, you know, shut down or restrictions being placed, like you mentioned, gyms can't open and things like that. But were you directly affected at all uh, by by the, the massive forest fires uh, in January and February? I was I was very very fortunate. Um, the fires that we had in here in Australia, which was was really terrible, it caused a lot of problems for a mm. lot of people. Um, unfortunately for me, I'm on the west coast of Australia, and most of that happened on the east coast. Oh, you're um, on the west side, okay. My friends, yeah, still in touch with a lot of my friends and um, a lot of communities that I'm very familiar with. So, what, that, or what are you over by, like Perth area? Yes, yes, I'm in Perth. Perth, okay, cool. Yeah. But I spend a fair bit of time over in Melbourne for competitions and I have sponsors there and, um, you know, also a lot of people in Sydney and even up in Brisbane and Queensland. So, yeah, mm. I spend a bit of time travelling. Now, there's yeah. not much in Australia, right? So, like, if you're in Perth and you want to go to Sydney, Melbourne, Brisbane, things like that, but you're travelling across the country, I mean, there's a vast open space in the middle, right? I mean, there's, it's not super populated yeah. right, in, right in the heart of it. <laughs> Yeah, most most of that um, desert. <laughs> so yeah, oh, wow. not really pleasant. <laughs> yeah. So, with that being said, then uh, do you know when the, your next competition is, or when it was supposed to be, and how many most possible competitions have you lost because of COVID? And um, well, hopefully the next competition will be October. 
um, if everything progresses as planned at the moment. Um, but again, that's all dependent on if the government allow tra like domestic travel within Australia um, from one state to the next. Um, so yeah, if that doesn't happen, then probably my next competition won't be till next year. And uh, now with, uh, and you know, with all that, uh, I, I, are they just saying that uh, uh, nobody can put on these kind of competitions or is it going to be like compete at your own risk? Um, well, they're not, um, they, they do allow public events in um, a number of the states now. Like certainly here um, in Western Australia, um, you're allowed to hold public events. So that would be possible, but um, for competitors to be able to fly in to actually compete is, is a different story again. You know, and, uh, you know, uh, you know I, I don't want to keep touching on COVID, but... Um, the whole the whole thing is like it, it's really it's really ha has been a bad thing, and uh, there doesn't seem to be uh, an end in sight, uh, at least not in the near future. And the thing is, as we know, uh, even if it uh, does end, uh, it's not it's not going to get it's not going to fix itself overnight. Uh, what did, what are they telling you, what are they telling you guys over there? Um, well, I guess that um, life as we knew it is going to be somewhat different for quite some time, um, certainly until a vaccine is found. Um, you know, there's going to be different measures in place and, um, you know, restrictions that may come and go. So take us through a little bit. Um, if, if you, because we only do have a, a couple of minutes. Well, actually, now we got a decent amount of time. Oh, they cut off again. Uh, I had my question, but uh, I, I, he'll realize it, I suppose. I actually had a pretty decent question uh, lined up, at least I think it was. Anyway, that's just my opinion. <laughs> and let me see if I can get realizes again. Um, let's see, you got cut off again. I'm gonna I'm gonna send him a message. Pay your phone bill. <laughs> um. But uh, but yeah, so uh, I was gonna ask her actually, honestly, um, um, about uh, about her backstory. I mean, she said that the wrestling culture uh, isn't super big in Australia. Uh, I was gonna go over a little bit of how she got her start. Um, oh, there she is. So, so uh, again, Big Red, um, some of the issues that we have um, when we do a live show, uh, especially, you know, uh, overseas live shows, is sometimes Icon's uh, Sprint Wireless cuts off on them. So uh, we kind of lost you there for a minute, but we've got you back. Um, I, I was just going to ask quick because we got about 20 minutes left, uh, maybe a little less, about 18 minutes left. Um you said wrestling was not a it's not a huge thing over there. I, I know bodybuilding is, is uh uh part of your, your repertoire as well, but uh if the wrestling scene is not as huge in Australia as in other places, uh how did you get your start in the wrestling business? What what made you want to um want to get involved in that? Kinda of take us through your backstory a little bit as to how you got where you're at. Sure. Yeah, look, um, I've been a bodybuilder for quite some time and um, 
uh, a wrestling competitor from Canada um, saw photos of me online and kind of liked the idea of taking on Big Red um, and all my muscles. So, um, yeah, after she um, kept pestering me for some time um, to challenge her to uh, a wrestling match, um, I um, got some skills behind me and, and started to learn wrestling over here. So, um, yeah, the wrestling community certainly um, embraced me, um, given that um, there aren't a lot of wrestlers here in Australia um, and also very few female wrestlers here. So, yeah, it was it was nice to be welcomed. And, uh, you know, with that being said, back to my original question about, uh, sure. you know, your training and your uh, – what what kind of uh, training do you go through, and what kind of diet do you have to maintain? Um, like, do you have to do you get up in the morning, like drink like three raw eggs, or and then go like lift <laughs> a thousand pounds? Kind of take us through that uh, if you could. Yeah, sure. Look, I, I guess being a, a competitive athlete, I do follow a, a quite a strict um, kind of routine. Uh, my usual day, I get up at four thirty in the morning. Um, and I go and do cardio. So usually anywhere between 30 minutes and an hour of cardio on an empty stomach. Um, then I come home, have breakfast, get ready for work, um, go to work, and then straight from work back to the gym. Um, so in the evenings, I'll be doing, you know, weights from anywhere between an hour and two hours and maybe a little bit more cardio before going home. Um, so throughout the day, I eat a lot of um, lean protein because um, obviously protein is very, very important for building muscle mass. Um, so I'll eat anywhere between sort of four and six times a day um, to try and make sure I've always got that protein going in to build um, muscle mass and maintain that muscle mass. Um, and in terms of carbohydrates, like um, as an energy source, I'll usually eat that like before training and after training to try and help, um, you know, build and, and recover um, from training. Um, because, yeah, obviously energy is a very important thing um, that you need to function um, and to, um, you know, lift heavy things. Um, so, yeah, it's kind of critical. But my diet is, is pretty or much clean. Um, I'll train pretty or much six to seven days a week. Um, and each week I'll have one cheat meal. So I'll have one naughty meal of something like pizza or a burger <laughs> and then go back to my usual routine. So, you know, you're in Australia. They, they, don't, they don't have McDonald's over there, do they? Oh, yes, absolutely. We've got McDonald's. <laughs> do you ever go have I can't. They're an established country. They have everything. <laughs> well, well, do you well, you know, you mentioned you'll have a pizza or a burger. So, will you ever go into a McDonald's yeah. over there, or will you? Uh, I know what kind of pizza restaurant yeah. you have over there. Yeah, okay. occasionally. <laughs> uh, I mean, I I don't eat a lot of that kind of fast food. So, um, but yeah, once a week I will have something. So occasionally I'll visit a McDonald's. Now, the other thing I'm kind of curious about, you know, like during the competition. Now, do you? Uh, uh, when, when you get into your competitions, do you like, is there like several stages you have to like do this competition, win this one, to get to this one, to get to this one, to get to this one? Get, uh, we have a big red with us. We have, uh, we have about 14 minutes or give or take. Uh, actually, no, we don't. Do yeah, we do. We have about 14 minutes. Uh, 
so the competition process like go to this one win this one to go to this one or do you just is it just one big competition? Yeah. No, um, there's always qualifying competitions um, in order to progress. Um, and certainly, um, I, I certainly enjoy the international competitions. I certainly enjoy travelling as well to meet um, friends and fans and, you know, some people that I've communicated with for years but I've never actually met in person. Um, so I really enjoy that aspect and, and taking people on the journey with me. Um, so yeah, I certainly look forward to when I can do that again. And, uh, how many different, uh, unless there's too many count, how many, uh, competitions have you been in? Uh, how many have you been recorded since? Oh, goodness. <laughs> um, it's quite a few, um, over a period of 10 years, probably 30 or 40, maybe competitions. So yeah, quite a few. And, um, you know, uh, being a uh, big, muscular individual in these competitions, uh, do you ever, like, look at one of your opponents or some of your competitors like, boy, I'm bigger than her, I'm bigger than her? She might give me a Absolutely. <laughs> I think all bodybuilders do. <laughs> I'm very fortunate in that um, I'm, I'm relatively tall. Um, so, you know, when you add muscles as well as the height, it certainly can be quite um, overbearing to those smaller opponents. <laughs> and, you know, the other thing you mentioned real quick, I'm kind of circling back. You know, you mentioned how uh, even uh, like with uh, your, your shirt on and whatever, uh, you walk into a place and people are intimidated by uh I'm I'm guessing that um, you don't get very many people uh, messing with you in a in a public establishment. No, definitely not. No, <laughs> no. Even even um even in the gym, a lot of the guys come near me or or try and steal my equipment from me because <laughs> they know that um, I'm not worth messing with. Uh, so yeah, it's certainly an advantage. I mean, a lot of you know females will be concerned about walking in the dark at night on their own to their car park or whatever. Um, unfortunately, I just I don't have that fear. Like I I run in the dark, you know. I exercise outdoors at any which time. Um, you know, quite happily walk into a dark car park to go and get into my car without any fear. Um, I mean, I unfortunately have had a circumstance where I have actually had to use physical force to protect myself um, against a male, and obviously I survived, and he came off not so well. <laughs> now, uh, are, now I understand if you don't want to uh, answer this, but are are you married or not? Um, well, look, I, I don't kind of really go into personal details. Uh, okay. I just, um, because there's a lot of interest in those sorts of things, I prefer to um, to keep those things to myself, sorry. Well, no, that's that's fine. The reason why I was asking is because, like, I don't know what it would be like to uh, try and ask you on a date. <laughs> I, I'd be kind of choked up like I am now. It's like, well, geez, uh she could probably break my back if uh, if I uh, if I say the wrong thing. So I know probably I pretty to... easily. <laughs> <laughs> now, uh, how many uh, how many more years would you say that uh, you want to compete? Uh, Two part question: How many more years would you say you want to compete? 
And do uh, you think you'd ever get into uh, training uh, in bodybuilding? Sure. Look, I, I have actually trained um, some people in the past to compete. Um, so I've kind of um, done a bit of that um, as well. Um, but for me, I'm just going to be continuing in, like, both of the sports that I love um, until my body just says, no, I can't do it anymore. <laughs> um, so I would hope that maybe about another 10 years, um, because I, in terms of injury management, I'm very, very cautious um, and make sure I get issues addressed, um, you know, and try and resolve them so that they don't cause major problems and, um, you know, impede my training. Um, so, yeah, hopefully some, some time to come. But certainly, you know, after... After that, I will probably be switching to some other sport um, because I'm certainly not a person to sit idle. Um, so, you know, I, I could end up doing who knows what. <laughs> next. How, about, how, about, how about rugby? That, that's big over there. Well, I I think I would be quite an outstanding rugby player. <laughs> I think it would be a well, lot of go. fun. There <laughs> probably would. You know, another sport, <laughs> another sport that you might be good at uh, over here is softball. I bet you could probably hit a softball out of any one of our ballparks here. Probably. <laughs> I probably quite easily could, yeah. <laughs> I, I guess the thing is, once you've been an athlete, you kind of know the type of dedication that it takes to achieve the desired outcome. So it's the same kind of principles that you've got to be patient, learn the technique, practice, 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 and just really want to become better. Um, so once you apply that, you know, to different sports and you learn those quite good at them. Uh, I mean, back when I used to be a long distance runner before I was a bodybuilder, um, I became injured. I had a leg injury. So there wasn't a great deal of running that I could do. And even if I went into the gym and got on the bike, the pain would still be there. So I thought, okay, what am I going to do? So I'd never, ever in my life, been in a kayak but I decided no I went out I bought a kayak and I thought I'm just going to give this a shot uh, and so you know that that's something you know that I like to do sometimes to occasionally relax and chill out and um, take my kayak out on the river and um, and have a paddle um, yeah to relax well you know the other thing I was going to ask you it's like you know you mentioned long distance running with all your muscle yeah. is it hard to run really fast or uh Absolutely, (laughs) and that's why my physique has changed quite a lot. So, um, yeah, um, before I was a bodybuilder, so just over 10 years ago, I used to be more a long-distance runner. So my physique was much, much scornier, Um, but now I've got a lot more muscle mass. And, you know, you don't want to do too much cardio because that will literally start to burn through the muscle mass, so you'll shrink, which is not ideal when you're a bodybuilder. No, I hate doing that. Do these days. It's a bit and, different. And I, I did, uh, before we run out of time here, uh, so so we can get this in, if our fans want to check you out and see what you're doing, you got a Facebook, you got Instagram, you got YouTube, you got a Twitter, you got a Twitch, what do you got? I've got Facebook. Um, so my page is IFBB Athlete Big Red. Um, I've got a website, um, which is called, uh, uh, I can't recall it off the top of my head, sorry, <laughs> but What's yeah, I've got a website and I'm on Instagram. 
Now, uh, another thing I was wondering, you'd probably be good at would be arm wrestling. You, you could probably arm wrestling. You could uh, probably break a guy's arm. arm <laughs> Actually, every, everyone loves to, like, challenge me to an arm wrestle, but I'm so scared that I'm going to break people's wrists. Um, so I usually say, look, I won't arm wrestle you, but I'll give you a push-up competition. Because <laughs> then I figure at least I won't break them. Well, you know, uh, I just want to touch on that real quick because I, I can just see you sure. doing an arm wrestling match. It's like the guy's like trying to push your arm down and, you know, you, you'll like uh, play with him a little bit. You'll like let it go down a little bit and you'll snap it back for it. And, like, <laughs> and then you're like, well, are you ready to end this now or should we just keep going holding hands, you know? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I mean, I can just... make them feel like that they had some sort of chance. Not that right. they ever really. <laughs> yeah. That that would that would I, actually I'd actually pay to see that. But uh, you know, like you said, you could probably break a guy's wrist. It's like, well, uh, have a nice day. Uh, you know, or uh, you know, anybody else want to limp? <laughs> I, I must admit, oh, I was um I was in Italy once. I was in Italy once after a competition, and I was um actually sitting in a McDonald's having a coffee um with a fan, just having a chat. Uh, and this young guy came in to challenge me to an arm wrestling competition. And I could see all his friends were peering in the window watching what was going on. And I said, no, no, I'm usually having my coffee. I'll, um, I'll come and see you. So after I finished my coffee, I walked outside to the footpath and I said, no arm wrestle. I'll give you a push-up competition. <laughs> and after about 10 push-ups, he was flat on his face on the pavement. And I was still going until I hit about 50 before I got up. <laughs> You know, I kind of, I've, I always hated push-ups. I really did. I, I never was a, was a big fan, and that wouldn't be a competition that I would uh, take her up on, just because I, I, I just hated doing them. I, I hated doing them in gym class. I wouldn't do them, you know, in public. I, it was, yeah, not, not, not my thing. <laughs> I, I'll, I'll let her have that one. And I'm not healthy enough to do push-ups anymore, so she's definitely got me beat on that for sure. Oh, yeah. No, I've I, had two I, knee I just... replacements and a pacemaker put in, and I'm only 57 oh, years geez. old. So, wow, you know, yeah. I've had a pacemaker for years, so definitely not my forte at all. Yeah, not something that, that you'd probably want to get yourself involved in. Um, yeah. so, uh, we got about five minutes left. I can't cut off again. Um, but that's pretty much probably going to do it here for us, uh, tonight, just cause there's really not much else to talk about. So what we'll do is, uh, is big red. It was great. Uh, icon I'm sure is still on the phone with her. It, chatting was, away it and was awesome. And not even, not even realizing, I mean, I love the accent as well. Oh, I do too. I love the Australian accent. It, it, it's awesome. And you know, that there is a big difference. A lot of people say they can't tell the difference between British and Australian. There is definitely a difference if you listen oh, to yes, them. Oh, yes, there's definitely so. a difference. If you listen, if you have to listen very carefully, but there is a difference. Oh, did you did you see Big Swing where Charlie Daniels passed away today? I did, 83 years old. Yeah, yeah, he was he was a legend. I mean, my dad used to love him and uh, actually got me into listening to a lot of his music. And 
a lot of music from that era. So, yeah, so again, uh, rest in peace, Charlie Daniels, um, one of the best uh, fiddle players uh, I think I've ever seen as yeah. well. Devil as went down to Georgia. Well, one of the most iconic country songs of all time. So uh, that's going to do it here for us today. Same channel, same place, same time next Monday. Uh, I'll be back home in New York. We'll be in the studio for that uh, next week. And uh, again, Big Red, it was fun. Second guest, wish we would have gotten to talk to you. Uh, First guest, also fun as well. And we will see you guys next week. Dead man walking. Lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.